Well, it's over. We had the visitation. We had the funeral mass. We had the brief little chapel prayer. We actually went to the burial site and watched the coffin get lowered into the ground in this big cement box. And then we went, had a reception, and everyone came over here afterwards to my house. And now it's just my mom and my brother kind of trying to be a little bit quiet because they're up there sleeping. Just got done talking on relevant radio about how grateful I am for them. Because again, if you have listened to my podcast before, you know that they did so much by asking Drew to pray for me and Jeff on the Divine Mercy Chaplet Hour at 3 o'clock, which happened to be at the same time as my private Mass. It was so beautiful. Then later on that night, there was the rosary. And of course, the following day, I had an amazing moment in prayer. I had affirmation that my husband was saved, and now I feel like I have this mission. But let's talk about the visitation. You know, you kind of go through the motions, very emotional, and I was amazed, amazed at the turnout. There were so many people, people that worked for Jeff. There's something to be said about someone who goes to the funeral of someone who they worked for. How many people have bosses that they love? Well, Jeff did. Everyone who worked with him, whether that was their peer or someone who he reported into, loved Jeff. He was a good man. He had a great sense of humor, always looked at the positive and rolled up his sleeves. He wasn't one of those managers that was up too high that didn't know what was going on, like me. <laughs> he was quite the opposite. And so it was so great. Then I was seeing people, oh, I couldn't believe it, for the funeral and the visitation who came from places far, far away, like Wisconsin and Minnesota, and also Arizona and Florida. My mom came up. But in the end, I was like, oh my goodness, there were people that I hadn't seen for decades. And that was when my heart melted. And then, of course, all the prayers and love and support from all of my followers and the people who were sending me love and comments on social media, I just felt supported. I was a blubbering mess. The mass was beautiful. I made, I made it through the readings. Yay! That was a big deal. I was a little nervous about not being able to read. The homily was great. People thought it was a beautiful service. As a matter of fact, I think people thought it was such a beautiful service that people are contemplating going back to the Catholic Church, which for me makes all of this just so worth it. Now I feel like my mission is to save as many souls as possible by talking about the beautiful sacraments of the Catholic Church, that Jesus is the Eucharist, that we have confession to get us back on track. Listen to my previous podcast. I don't know which one it was, one of the four since my husband passed. But my sister-in-law 
went to confession after being gone for 40 years. And she was like, this is a game changer. I cannot tell you how much better I feel. And guess what? I got to watch her walk up and receive Jesus at the communion, at Holy Communion during the funeral mass. How great is that? Then there were so many spiritual companions who came to the funeral. Thank you so much. I was shocked. Every time someone would walk by me, I was like, oh my gosh, you're here and you're here and you're here and you're here. So much love, so much love. And it was a beautiful way to send everybody off. Everybody came over to the house afterwards. The family that came up from Georgia, Jeff's dad and his brother and the family. And then, of course, we had people come from Nebraska, and they were the ones that hunted with where Jeff actually went to go hunt. So three of them came out. What a long drive. That's a 12-hour drive. In the end, I just cannot tell you how I feel so loved and supported. And that's another big grace from God. I think there were a lot of seeds dropped. And I am so grateful also for the relevant radio family and Cindy Morales, who is John's wife. She was at the funeral mass. So was Sarah Tafoya. She's on the board and pretty much sets me up every time I talk to her, every time I go on my relevant radio segments. John and Gabby, the producer, John Morales, by the way, he's the host of the show, came to the actual visitation. I got to sit down with Gabby. It was so great. I don't know what to say, but I am feeling loved and ready to face the day. Whatever that day is, which is today, I have to go meet my attorney and talk about the estate. So it is kind of reality continues. I still have to do some things and I'm trying to take it moment by moment. Sorry, the garbage man is here. It's distracting me a little bit. <laughs> ah, and the kids took the garbage cans out. They had to lift them up and over the car last night. I'm just so, again, so, so grateful. I am looking to God to help me prioritize what I need to do. I have a few talks coming up. I've got to get my taxes done. I have to finish my book. I believe I have a second book as a result of this whole experience with death. Where and what am I going to do? I kind of feel like I have all of these levers in front of me, different colors, and I don't know which one to push, to pull, to move. So I'm going to have to take some time and pray and ask God to literally lift up my hand and put it on the lever that he wants me to work on or to go forward with and live in the moment. I am keeping him alive. By the way, here is another amazing thing that happened. On the day of the funeral, in the morning I was praying and now I'm praying to Jeff and to my dad out loud, because by the way, they cannot hear 
They cannot hear. They, we have to pray out loud so they can hear us because they cannot read our thoughts. That's what I wanted to say. So I'm praying out loud to Jeff. And I said, honey, I don't know if I'm going to see that 11-11 today. Because the funeral mass is at 10. It's going to be crazy. Craziness. And we're in the car, in the funeral procession. And my mom catches the time. 11-11, she says as she points. And I said, and she didn't know that I had that kind of conversation with Jeff earlier saying, I'm not sure I'm going to see 11-11. It's going to be crazy. But my mom sure did. And it was there for maybe two seconds and then boom, turned to 11-12. You know, one could be like, oh my gosh, you're reading into everything. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like that's not spiritual. That's not Jeff. Well, I choose not to think that. <laughs> I choose to think that the Holy Spirit made my mom look at the clock so that she could make me look at the clock. Maybe it was Jeff prompting. I don't know. I don't know how spirits work. I'm going to look into that a little bit more after they pass. What can they do? What can't they do? You know, type of thing. So stay tuned because I'm still on this process of purgatory and praying for our loved ones. And that truly means from our heart while they're here and especially if they're gone. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know why I deserve this. I truly don't believe I do deserve it. I just think that God wants me to share every moment so that every other person can have hope in whatever they're dealing with. That life can be filled with joy still. I'm telling you, when I look at what happened during this whole time, there's just such love. And I think there are people that are wanting to seek God again. Because I got a lot of comments about that mass, how beautiful it was, how the homily really hit them. I had some people saying, I think I might go back to the church. And I, when I say the church, I mean the Catholic church. And that is incredible. And that, for me, is so consoling. If this helps anyone get closer to God, that's what I said last night at the reception. I said, I really hope that this doesn't, this death isn't in vain. That this changes each and every one of you and makes you not take for granted the loved ones in your life, especially if you have a spouse and you're married. But anyone in your life, if you're single, you know, the people that you love, love them more, love them with full abandonment of, of you know, not holding anything back. Remember, love is willing the best for another person. But really, in the actions, it's making that person's life easier. Selflessly. Because the opposite of love is selfishness. And you know, when you're selfish and you're whining about doing the dinner or cook, doing the dinner, <laughs> doing the dishes, cooking the dinner, they both kind of merged. Anyway, 
doing the dishes, cooking the dinner, doing the laundry, whatever it is that you do, and you're whining and complaining about it, that isn't selfless. That's selfish. You are being exactly the opposite of what God wants you to be. That's why we're supposed to have the servant leadership mindset and heart where we serve others. We don't wait on them hand and foot and become a doormat, but we do things for them like pray, like show up, like pick up the phone and call, like all the things that everyone has done for me for these last 10 days or so. And I look at it and I'm like, I will never forget this. And it has changed me. So, gosh, let's keep walking together. Because every day I'm learning something new. And I'm going to tell you, I have yet to sit and prepare for Lent. So we're here on a wet Thursday. We've got a couple more days, almost a week, till we get to Ash Wednesday, which is on February 14th. I'd like you all to kind of look at your life. What is it that has a stronghold on you? Is it your food? Is it alcohol? Is it drugs? Is it obsessive scrolling through social media? Is it not being present when your family is there because your face is in your phone? Is it working beyond your hours of the day so that you're not present loving and building relationships and memories with the people who are here right now. If you don't think that I regret just that car ride home, you're crazy because I sat there with my earbuds in my ears, listening to podcasts almost the whole way home. When I could and should have been hanging out with him, talking, maybe talking about the house. I'll never have that time back. And this is what I want you to look at your life and see where you're spending your time. How are you spending your time? And if you're spending your time drunk all the time after work with the people that you love, Is that really a good way to spend your time? Is that the best witness for those around you? If you've listened to my other podcast, you know that I feel like God is challenging me to quit drinking and just to be sober. Maybe not to have it be like, I'm never going to have a drink. Maybe I have a drink when I go out to dinner or something like that, but not like I did as a relaxation with Jeff all the time. And I'm realizing that I was using Jeff as an excuse. Because right now Jeff's not here and I'm still not all that wild about making this change. But that's why I'm turning to God. Because I know that my life is going to be better. I will have more energy. I will probably have better sleep. I know I will have exercise on the top of my list. I know I will have more zeal in my life. I know I won't be ingesting a neurotoxin, which basically fries the frontal lobe, which is where we communicate 
with God, where we make rational decisions. That's why when you drink, you say stupid things and do stupid things because you're not in your rational right mind. And I sit here and think, I don't want to get into that habit of sitting at the island like I used to with him, having a couple of drinks. So that hasn't really been in my day-to-day since he's been gone. But I kind of, (laughs) okay, this is weird, but I kind of feel like, well, no, it's not so weird. I guarantee you there are people out there that go, oh, girl, I know what you're talking about, whether you're a man or a woman, doesn't matter. How many of you have gone on a diet and you go through your house and you eat everything in sight that's sweets, right? Like you get the cookies out and you, oh, might as well have some ice cream with these cookies and you just keep eating and eating and eating. So you clean it out and then you start your diet. That's kind of what I'm looking at with, you know, the wine. Like, not that I'm going to abuse it, but I think I want to take advantage of drinking up until the 14th. (laughs) Is it wrong? I don't know, but you know, I'm just kind of mourning it that makes sense. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. I'm, I'm, you know, kind of ready to say goodbye. And I think that that's part of the process. So when I would quit coffee, I kind of went through a, well, I'm going to drink a whole bunch of it before I, <laughs> before I quit it, which is just silly because then you increase your risks of heartache, heartache. I'm sorry, headache. Oh, heartache. I do have a heartache. Anyway, headache. Anyway, okay. Back to The whole thing that I'm trying to do here, which is take it day by day with God and pray for what I'm going to do for Lent. And I think it needs to be challenging, everyone. Don't make it 10 to 15 things that you're going to do. Make it one impactful, powerful thing. And then let six weeks of that happen in your life? Have your body change? Have your mind change? Have your biology, your chemical makeup change? You know, God did make things that alter us, but probably more for medicinal purposes. And unfortunately, like even drinking alcohol is so accepted. And it's sad, kind of pathetic that I have done my research on alcohol and I know how much of a neurotoxin it is. There is no good amount. And you might be saying, well, wait a minute, Jesus is out there. He had wine. He changed water into wine. So I'm not saying that it is a bad thing. But for me, why do I need it? I've lived without it. And if I could just do it when I have dinner or socially have one or two, that I think is really where I need to be. But again, I'm mourning it. (laughs) So this is the process. That's why you got to start early, everyone. You can't just go, oh, it's Lent. Okay, wait, let me go get my ashes and, uh, I don't know, I'll do this. I'll quit chocolate. You know, like that's when you come to those kind of silly things. I mean, okay, fine. If you're going to quit chocolate, quit chocolate. If, if, if chocolate has a hold on you and it's calling your name from the cabinet and you eat it too much and you're out of control with it, then 
yeah, maybe quitting chocolate is a good thing. But I'm talking a little bit deeper than that. Meaningful change. Challenging? Yes. So I'm going to do it. Why don't you do something with me? I know there are tons of new listeners because of this experience. So let's sit and think about Lent and let's really pray and get ourselves geeked up about it. I mean, that's kind of what I'm preparing to do because I just buried my husband yesterday. I got, you know, my attorney thing today. So I'm taking these days before Wednesday to just get myself in the right frame of mind, to be excited about quitting drinking, because sometimes you got to psych yourself up because you're addicted. (laughs) You don't want to stop. Or you're just, it's such a habit. It's like a quote unquote ritual that you don't even think about it. That's kind of how we were. I was actually thinking at 4.05 on Saturday, the 27th of January, that I couldn't wait to come back up those stairs after I swapped out the laundry and bounced on my rebounder for a little bit. I couldn't wait to have a drink with my husband at the island because that's what we do. And some of those habits lead to destructive things with relationships, with things that we say, with how lazy we get when we're not looking at our life as a holistic, right? The soul, the mind, the body. That's what we talk about here. How do I get closer to God so that I can rely on his strength so that I can change my mind, master it, and master my body? not allowing my body and my urges and my desires to rule me. There's power in controlling your life with God. It's his grace. There's freedom from walking away from this thing that maybe you don't want to walk away from, but you know, you probably should give it a try. See what your life is like, or you've done it before and you know what your life is like but you just won't get off this little wheel like the hamster. So let's pray on what we should do and let's do it together. And I'll come to you every Monday through Friday and we will walk the Lenten journey together. Okay, speaking of praying, let's pray. (laughs) In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, come Holy Spirit, come into our hearts, into our minds, into our souls, into our bodies. Help us to look at this Lent as a gift, a gift of healing, a gift of change, a gift of life, of renewal, of resurrecting ourselves from our old selves in six weeks walking with you. Help all of us to go to confession, no matter how long it's been, so that we can be clean 
from those sins that we did not confess and that have been weighing us down in the back of our minds, constant guilt. There's such freedom in confession. Lord, thank you for that sacrament because it helps us on this journey and it kicks out those evil spirits that are tempting us all the time to be selfish and resentful and angry or to be helpless when it comes to substances and pleasures of this world. Lord, help us also pray for what we should work on during Lent so that we can all move together the body of Christ, moving to conform our lives to how he wants us to live. Put in our hearts what we need to do and help us by your grace to actually decide to do it. Mary, take our left hand. Holy Spirit, take our right. Guide us and lead us to to Jesus' sacred heart. We love you so much. We want to please you. Please make your ways our pleasure. Please make your ways our pleasure so that we love to live the way that you call us to live. The two greatest commandments, Lord, to love you with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. And the second greatest commandment is to love thy neighbor as thyself. We need more love, Lord. Open our hearts. And we are also going to pray a Hail Mary for all of the souls in purgatory, anyone who has left this earth. We're going to take a moment and list their names, say them out loud, and we will pray for those souls in purgatory in addition to all of the souls in purgatory, especially those who have no one to pray for them. List your intentions here. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray that Hail Mary. I forgot. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us, all of us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I got a little carried away listing off those people. I kind of forgot 
<laughs> I had the podcast going. I'm like, okay, so like my dad, my grandma, my grandpa, mom on my mom's side. And oh my gosh, I got lost. I forgot about you. So I hope that that long pause gave you a lot of time to think about those who have gone. I've got a long list. And that's okay. Sometimes you may not remember them all, but you can say things like all of the relatives that have passed in the so-and-so family, like the Von Ash family, for example. Alrighty, everyone. I am so blessed to be walking with you because you know what? This is therapy for me. This is why God put me in this ministry so that I can tell you everything that he's doing in my life. I can share with you the good, the bad, the ugly, because it ain't all pretty, right? I mean, I am struggling with what I think he wants me to do. And you all need to know that this is not a perfect walk. And I am also hoping and praying that I continue to have this joy. I don't know if I shared, oh my gosh, this is getting a long one. Okay, I want to share one more thing with you because that happened over the weekend. And this was kind of my weekend update. So I, I want to get everything in and I forgot about this. I went to the grocery store on, when was it? Monday? I think it was Monday. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't really matter. I went to the grocery store and I was picking up a bunch of stuff for chili. I'm at the checkout line and the woman is, you know, we're just chatting. I'm, I'm just being my normal self. And she, I don't know, the bill comes and I bought some wine and some alcohol. And so it was a pretty hefty bill. And I said, Oh my goodness. And she goes, well, you know, you're only on this earth for a short amount of time. So you might as well enjoy it. And isn't that funny how people think that way? And yes, you can enjoy life without alcohol and partying and, you know, seeking all the pleasures of the world. But that's not what I said to her. <laughs> Instead, I laid on her with the death of my husband. And I was like, I felt the spirit say, tell her, so I did because usually, I mean, why would I, why would I dump that on someone? You know, that's a, that's a hefty, hefty thing. So she grabs my hand and she starts crying. She has my hand, you know, both of her hands are surrounding my one hand and she goes, Oh no. I said, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. This is what I said. I said, Oh yeah, I totally know it girl. I said my husband passed away last Saturday. That's when she grabbed my hand. Sorry. Kind of a big piece of information you need to know. Anyway, I get done telling her what happened and she's just like, oh my goodness. So at the very end, as I'm ready to leave, she says, you know what? I got to tell you something. I said, sure. She said, before you said anything about your husband, I was sitting here looking at you saying, I want that joy that she has. Why is she, why is she so joyful? And I my heart was so full because that's what God wants from us. He wants us to be so joyful that other people feel it. Other people, it's palatable. They sense it. She said, and then you tell me your husband just died. <laughs> you know, last Saturday, it was six days ago or something, seven days, eight days. I don't know, whatever. I mean, that was a witness. And I'm so glad I shared that with her. I'm so glad I listened to the spirit. Just say, tell her. And she said to me, this 
exchange, this conversation is going to stick with me for a long time. And this woman didn't even know me and didn't know Jeff. That is the joy of God in all circumstances. That's it. And I'm so grateful that I'm just opening up my heart and allowing him to do it for me. Ah, okay. I will talk to you tomorrow. Find something more with God, everyone. Soul, mind, and body. Because with him, you can do anything. Without him, you just rely on yourself and your own pathetic ways. Then you get mad at yourself for failing. With God, anything is possible. Have a blessed and inspired day.